Welcome to the BG Cast, a podcast seeking to bring the battleground community and schools together. My name is David, and I'll be your host for this journey. And I'll be joined each episode by Denny Waters, the Battleground Public Schools District Superintendent. Our goal is to bring the voice of the schools to the community and the voice of the community to the schools. We'll be talking about the many things that make BGPS such a great district, hearing stories from students and staff, and shining a spotlight on some of the hidden treasures you may not know about. We'll also be covering some of the challenging and controversial topics that bubble to the surface around the community. All right, our game our game for this episode is Valentine's Day Trivia. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah very very so, heartwarming. Yeah. My yeah. heartwarming, uh, literal literal heartwarming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my wife put these also put also put these together. Uh, let me start with this one. What what state has the most expensive roses? Think about buying roses for someone on Valentine's I Day. I will say Hawaii. Hawaii? Yeah. Yeah? I would say Alaska. Yeah? It's Hawaii. Uh-huh. Do you have a guess of how much they are? A do- for a dozen? Yeah. Is that what we're talking about? Mm-hmm. I would say it's probably $200. It's $108 on average. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and Washington is the fifth most expensive state to buy roses. Wow, they're nine. Is there a is there a cheapest state to buy roses? I don't know. I don't have the whole list. Oh, but come on, what good are you? Order them from there and have them shipped. Five ninety nine. Right. <laughs> but Washington's fifth. So, whenever it comes down to what's the most expensive state, I would doesn't matter what the topic right. is. I would say Hawaii because you have to ship everything <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. But Cindy's guess was good. Yeah. They're not growing. You have to ship yeah. everything to Alaska, too. Yeah. I'd like to know where Alaska lines up. Yeah, that'd be a good one. What do you think is the most popular Valentine's Day gift? I'm going to say, are you going to go get a first guess? Chocolate? That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Chocolate. Yep. Yeah. Candy. Candy yeah. is the most popular. Any yeah. guesses on two and three? Two would be, does a card count? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a card. Yeah, that's the second one. Yeah. Diamonds. <laughs> Maybe that's wishful thinking. Right, yeah. I was going to say flowers. Are flowers. The next one. Yeah, flowers yeah. is the third Cindy one. Cindy can have diamonds. Okay. Message be- to Cindy's husband. Yeah. yeah. Do you have an email address you want us to send this episode yeah, to? Yeah. <laughs> All right. What is America's top selling candy? Ameri- for Valentine's Day? I, I don't know if it's Valentine's Day, but just in general, maybe. Oh, okay. Top selling candy. I would say m and I'm going to say Reese's peanut butter. It's it's actually it's it's both it's either Snickers or Reese's. Okay. Oh. Yep. I was going to say Snickers yeah. and then I thought, yeah. But the top selling candy in Washington is neither of those. It is huh. <laughs> I don't know. I got I'm intrigued. Yeah, it's Skittles. Skittles. Oh. Yeah. Huh. So we're different in the Northwest. Yeah, why is that? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we don't like we don't like cheap chocolate. I guess I, we we want we want the fancy. I was gonna say like you know Cadbury is um, yeah yeah it's a famous. Actually, I prefer the Hershey's chocolate. That's just my yeah yeah. All right, next question: favorite filling in a box of chocolates. What is, what is the what is the top preferred filling in a box of chocolates? The number one people go to first. I'm going to say peppermint. Peppermint? I would say caramel. Caramel. It is caramel. Caramel. And the close second was a chocolate nut. 
Mm. We're a good team. We've answered every question. Yes, so yeah. <laughs> now I put the jinx on us. Right. So we're not going to get it. <laughs> well, we'll see. The highest grossing rom-com of all time. Wow. Oh, that's not really a rom-com. That's a sitcom. Rom-com, I would say, like, When Harry Met Sally. That is a rom-com. But it's not. That's not on the list. So it's got to be a recent one. Maybe. Uh, I mean, depends on how you define recent. Give give us a hint. I mean, for you. (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) Well, we were talking about actors in the last one. about Yeah. 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 I don't know if I can give you a good hint without giving the whole thing away. The proposal? Nope, not the proposal. No, don't no. Know. Should I just say too too broad? My big fat Greek wedding. Oh, oh interesting. Okay. Highest grossing. Yeah. yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Number two was what women want, hmm. and number three was Hitch. Hmm. Yeah. And none of those are really new, right? Yeah. yeah. They're all you know twenty years old. Yeah. All right. Our conversation hearts all the same flavor. Yes. No, they're not. Oh, <laughs> they were all just those minty yeah. chalk things. Yeah. It tastes like you're eating chalk. <laughs> yeah. But they apparently have different flavors. I've okay. never distinguished a flavor, but no. Le- <laughs> no. lemon, lime, cherry, grape, banana, orange, and wintergreen. Bunch of liars. Yeah. I've never tasted a banana. <laughs> uh, where's the most popular place to propose? Um, I'm going to say it's the beach. Okay. I was thinking that too, but it could also be the woods. The Eiffel Tower. Oh. Oh, oh so you were really specific. Yeah. yeah. Worldwide, apparently. Yeah. Uh, best-selling Valentines for classroom parties on Amazon. The the theme of the, the Valentines that people buy the most on Amazon. The theme of the Valentine that people buy the most. Superheroes. That's a good guess. Yeah, I don't know. Pokemon. Oh, Pokemon. yeah. 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 Last question. Most popular Valentine's Day recipe. It's the thing people are going to make the most on Valentine's yeah. Day. Chocolate mousse. That is delicious. My my wife always makes this chocolate. But that's not the right no. answer. <laughs> no, that's what I ever always since, wanted. Ever since I said we were good at this yeah. game, we've not answered a single <laughs> yeah. question. Literally. Correctly. Yes. <laughs> after that, <laughs> at home and downhill. Uh, uh, lobster. <laughs> nope. Steak with peppercorn sauce. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sounds right. good. Yeah. I hate so, you. Yeah. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah. I hate you. <laughs> Well, our spotlight for this episode is with Kevin Doyle, the career guidance specialist at Battleground High School. Welcome. Thank you. How are you today? Doing well. Good. Well, uh, can you just give us a little bit of your history and kind of how you got to to be the career guidance specialist and your your journey there? Sure. Uh, My background is in marketing education. I've been at Battleground for over 30 some odd years. Uh, worked at Battleground and Prairie. Okay. Um, teaching work, or excuse me, doing work-based learning. And then um, when my predecessor left, I was able to apply for the position about 17 years ago and got the job as their career guidance specialist at Battleground. Okay. Yeah. And so tell us what that means to be a career guidance specialist. 
As a career guidance specialist, I focus on all students, grades 9 through 12, work with their high school beyond plan, which is a graduation requirement. Mm -hmm. Uh, We focus on interest assessments and um, besides interest assessments, we're looking at what careers they may be interested in. Once they do the assessments, they might score high in one particular field. We discuss that. They have the opportunity to write about it, et cetera. Um, so I work with some of the, all the students on that information. Then if they want to go on to college, I help them with their possibly their applications or hooking them up with the uh, different universities or colleges. But it's all just not about college. It's also about what do you want to do? If you want to go in the military, let's focus on getting hooked up with the military mm-hmm. route. If it's going into the workforce, what does that look like? Yeah. Going to the trade, the same. Right. So I look at all the pictures, yeah. and it's just one avenue. And so it sounds like there's some tests you give. Yes. Yeah. What does that look like? Uh, they're online. It's a platform that we use, and so uh, the students will go through three different assessments. One's a preference assessment, and it's just some basic pictures and some phrases. And would you rather have this or this? Hmm. And so they complete the sixty some odd pairs. And then that just tells them, oh, you really scored high in architecture and construction, or you scored high in health services. And so that kind of helps them raise or look at what they're doing. Right. And then um, the other part is, I always want to talk with the student prior to, you know, doing right. the assessments yeah. just to see, so what are you interested in? Right. And if they say, I'm not sure, that's okay. Mm-hmm. At least they, they share it out, mm-hmm. and we can look in deeper. But if they said, oh, I want to be an airplane pilot. So once they do the assessment, did that show up mm-hmm. or any career related to it? Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a good, strong indication that the student is geared towards that area, or at least at this present time likes it. It could right. change. right? And so when they do that for assessments in the 7th or 8th grade, I also like to have them do it in the ninth grade and not always compare what did you do then? What did you do now? Are there any careers that are the same? Yeah. And when I was, when I was, we didn't do that in high school, mm-hmm. but in college we did a class like that. Okay. And um, it was it was in Portland, and they used some Portland-based company that was doing it at the time. Uh, it was a very extensive test, mm-hmm. and I had to get you know family members to fill out parts of the test, and, and so they could try to see. But it came back with my my top two things that I should do. Mm-hmm. Number one was open a recording studio, okay. and number two was that I should be the president of a university. So you got one out of two, yeah, or may I, I don't know. Kind of, kind of. But I thought the president of the university. I thought that's a very specific, mm-hmm. <laughs> very small. Yes. Like there's not a lot of people get that opportunity. Why would that be one of my career targets as yeah. as an individual? But so I'm guessing. That's probably not included in your list. So. The president? Yeah. Um, it might show a principal. <laughs> it might show, right. you know, yeah. that aspect of leadership. Yeah. So in those assessments, I think that's good. Yeah. I mean, mine were very similar. Mine yeah. came, oh, you're going to be a clergy or you're going to be in teaching or mm-hmm. counseling. And every time I try to get away from it, it still showed up. So <laughs> right. I think there's some validity yeah. in those assessments. Yeah. And it's, yeah. tried to hard, it's hard sometimes to tell that to students that not just students take these assessments, but adults mm-hmm. in the business world yep. also take them and work with them and see where they're at. Right. Well, so one of the big things you do mm-hmm. is the industry fair. Correct. And so let's talk about that a little okay. bit. Sounds great. What Last year... 
sounds like there was this huge number of, of people involved. What was that? Last year we had uh, about 90, over 90 employers register. Wow. And by the actual time of the day, we probably had 85 show up, mm-hmm. between 80 and 85, which was fantastic. Yeah. We had to move from the library, excuse me, not the library, the cafeteria, mm-hmm. and expand down the hallway. Wow. So we're down the main hallway, <laughs> in the library, on top of the stage. Wow. And it was great. Cool. We had, with the 85 employers mm-hmm. from all different sectors, we also had over 700 individuals, families, students, community members attend. Mm. And um, we have door clickers at each yeah. entrance to yeah. click and see who, who comes in, who cool. goes out. So, um, it was very successful. Yeah, and then and what's the goal of the fair? What's the the goal of the fair? It it's kind of morphed. Originally, it was we want to have our students know what type of industries are in battleground, Vancouver area, Clark mm-hmm. County, and we've had employers say, "Well, we're hiring. We interview students or hire students from this fair and post that." We're like, "Sure." So it's kind of morphed between. We want employers, even if they're not hiring, to be there to mm-hmm. share their information about right. their careers. And if they're hiring, we want them there, not just for high school students, but anybody that's looking for work. Right, right. And so that's where it's, I, I say it's more words. It's like, we want you. We want the employers for, and we've had them from Portland metro area through the gorge and then uh and from Kelso to come on down too so we've had them from all Clark County yeah so I just want to reiterate it's not it's not just for students correct community members who are looking for work could also come and absolutely. make connections absolutely yeah yes yeah and so when is the fair happening the fair is happening the third Thursday of February okay and we just set that date years ago when mm-hmm. it seems to work right so this year it's going to be on February 15th from okay. 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Okay. And if they don't have a resume and want to do a rough right, resume yeah. that's a template, uh, we have the College and Career Center open for students or anybody that's needing a resume. Yeah, so you've got a, a resume workshop? Yes. And then do you have an, an idea of how many vendors are coming this year? Or? Right now we have 73 signed wow. up. Good. And so we're still three weeks out, yeah. give or take, three or four weeks. And um, I'm expecting that number to increase. Right. I imagine that's a year-long process trying to get people to... We're, they usually start talking to our work-based learning coordinators and say, hey, I want to go back next year mm. and, and participate. So it does. It's a long process, but uh, our main push is definitely in the fall. Yeah. We start handing out flyers mm-hmm. and getting the employers excited about signing up and then cool. getting the word out to our community members and families. Right. Was well, there anything else you want to share with us about what you do and oh, what's coming? Um, I think that's pretty much it. Okay. But basically, it's a great event for everybody. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to having everybody there this year. Great. Well, Kevin, thanks so much for being here with us okay. today. And thanks for everything you do. All right. Thank I hope you. some people come out to the fair. Absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, our conversation this week is is around the topic of career and technical education, and we have a special guest with us, Cindy Arnold. Cindy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. Good. 
Well, if you take just a few minutes and introduce yourself to everyone who's listening, tell us a little bit about who you are and then your journey to your current role at the high school. Okay, so um, I was a business teacher for 14 years, and business is one of the um, career and technical education um, courses. And then I went into leadership and was an assistant principal at Prairie, and then I was a principal, and then I was asked to come back to CT as a director, and I thought about it for a while and decided that that would be a good fit for me. Hmm. So I've been a director for about 11 years. Wow. That's quite mm-hmm. the journey. Yeah. <laughs> you've you've done a lot of everything. Sounds Cindy's like she, terrific. Yeah, sounds like she's got Thank a you. lot of a lot of knowledge that's yeah. useful. A few years ago, a couple of years ago, Cindy was the um state CTE director of the year mm. and then the regional CTE director of the year which encompasses the whole Pacific Northwest mm-hmm. and wow. on the West Coast. So, yeah, she's we're very very fortunate to have yeah. Cindy leading our awesome. CTE programs. Great. Thank you. Yeah. It's very nice. That's great. Appreciate that. Well, do you want to set up CTE and uh, kind of talk about it real quick before we dive into anything more specific? Yeah. Just well, an overview. I mean, there we have the expert right here. Yeah, whoever so. wants to mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. So career and technical education is um, within our schools and it's about, encompasses about 25 to 30% of the courses that we actually teach at the comprehensive high schools. And they are the courses that I always say sound like a job. So you're really trying to prepare kids mm-hmm. to be interested in some sort of a career or job, whether they go into college or whether they go directly into the workforce. So while they're taking our courses, they're not only learning the academic skills, but they're also learning technical skills and job-related skills, um, you know, even the 21st century skills like being on time, you know, so all those uh, skills that employers like to our students to have, but they're also learning job-related skills mm-hmm. in those classes. Okay. So. so what would be an example of, of one of the tracks that a student might go down and some of the courses they would take on that path? Okay, so I'll give you one from the trades and one where a student might get a job after high school or go on to college. So they could go through the welding program and t- take like basic welding and then advance and um, then advanced welding, machining. Mm. Um, so that's kind of the welding track. But then there's also uh, like the medical track. So they could take uh, family health and then medical interventions and terminology and anatomy and physiology. And that's kind of more of the medical track for those kids who want to go on in the medical field. So those are two kind of examples of um, career and technical education. Okay. What's great about CTE is that, you know, for instance, it can it can prepare you to go off to college. I mean, the medical one is a great example. Many of the um, students who participate in the medical track end up going to college, you know. Um, <clears throat> but I don't think what pe- what people might not understand is that even for us in Battleground, only about a quarter of our students go off to universities and colleges. Mm. The other 75% are going straight into the workforce. So the CTE classes, our career and technical ed classes, for, for many students, it, it's opening those doors to life after high school and employment. Mm. So it's, um, it's, it's really important. I'm really, really, really proud of the CTE program that's been established in Battleground Public Schools. It's, if you were to look around um, and ask around, you'll see, people will tell you that it's one of the strongest career and technical ed programs in the entire state of Washington. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what is it that makes it a strong program? Well, I think it's because we really have a lot of diverse programs. And sometimes, you know, there was a a time during the 90s where school districts kind of went away from the skilled 
um, opportunities for students in high school, and they did away with their welding labs and their um, construction labs. Mm-hmm. And we didn't do that in Battleground. Mm-hmm. Battleground always felt that they wanted to keep it strong, and so even my predecessors yeah. kept it strong, which is why we're strong today. Mm-hmm. It, you know, yeah. People have always believed in career and technical education in this district, and that has kept it strong. Yeah, yeah that's good. Uh, now, you talked about workplace readiness. You, and I think just quickly, you just mentioned being on time. That was one right, of the things. Right. What else does it mean to be to be workplace ready? And have you have you noticed, uh, you know, any shift in in what you have to do with teaching students today than maybe you were ten years ago? I'm sure you know we have electronic devices now, mm-hmm. and how appropriate are electronic devices in the workplace? Sometimes they're very appropriate. Sometimes they're not, and so. When are they and when are they not? Those are some skills our students have to learn now that they might not have had to learn, mm-hmm. you know, 10 or 15 years ago. So workplace readiness changes all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, we need to know the kids need to be creative. They need to be able to make decisions on the spot. They need to um, be able to think beyond what the context of the job is. They have to learn new skills all the time. Um, in the future, the students are going to have to um, out of nine out of 10 jobs, they're going to have to continue to learn new skills within that job itself. So the workplace is changing and our students are going to have to be able to change with that. Mm-hmm. And so those are some of the skills we learn in our classes. It's not just a sit and get. They actually have, um, they do what they're actually learning. So the greenhouses is a good example. They are learning how to run a greenhouse, how to plant the plants, um, You know, I gave the example of welding, but even like business, we have an IQ credit union in one of our schools. So students are learning banking, doing banking um, to get ready to go into maybe being a bank teller. Mm -hmm. Um, So they they really are kind of learning um, not only the job skill itself, but all of those other pieces that they're going to have to know all those other skills when they go into the workplace. Yeah. Do you know all of the different? Could you list off all of the different paths that that exist in your in your program? Well, I probably could. <laughs> I there's about um, well, there's six major ones. Okay, and um, digital and uh, digital arts, mm-hmm. um, skilled and technical, um, agriculture and natural resources. Um, let's see, business, and business, uh, business and marketing. And um, the auto, what is that one? That's skilled and technical. Skilled, skilled and technical is our biggest, yeah. biggest. Uh, it's like naming the seven dwarfs, right? <laughs> you always forget, like right. dopey, right? Health, <laughs> right. health sciences health and STEM. Health sciences and STEM. Yeah. So uh, HVAC, that's in the. There was a, there's an HVAC class at the high there school. There is an right? HVAC class. Is that part of the program? That is, uh, yeah, that is under skilled and technical. And that's an interesting one because another part of career and technical education is to really be connecting with our partners in, around the local area. And that class actually came to me as a request hmm. from our business partners. There were about 20 local businesses that actually helped me put that class together. Wow. So they came to me and said, we really need this taught in our schools. And we started looking at it and bringing people together to um, create the class, looking at other programs in the state. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the coolest things about the program that I have 
learned over the years is the partnerships that exist with our with the community and and the employers in our own community. Every every area has its like it, we call it an advisory. Is that that's what correct? It, right, yeah. mm-hmm. an advisory, and the advisory is going in and looking at the curriculum and looking mm-hmm. at the. Uh, you know, where our focus is and saying, oh, you know, we don't do that anymore. This has changed. So they're constantly providing feedback for us about how best we can prepare our students when they enter the workforce. So we're, we're, we're always up to date, mm-hmm. um, which is really, really cool. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. Now, the, does that happen in any, in any other mm-hmm. curriculum? No. No, no, we're not, you know, no, not that I know. We're not bringing <laughs> yeah. in mathematicians right. to say, you know, yeah. but we're doing it in in, in CTE. Yeah. So in almost real time, it yeah, sounds like. in real time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. that's pretty cool. We just had a meeting in October. We had about 120 people. So that's just an example of bringing in our business partners to meet with our teachers. And um, it was brought to our attention in the culinary department that our culinary classrooms are outdated. And so that is a good example of you need to bring those up to date so that your students are really prepared to use the equipment that they're going to be using in the industry. Right. So that's just another example. Which is a good segue to this capital levy, which is one of the reasons we're doing that on the capital levy is because we learned, you know, I remember Cindy telling me that, you know, and said, well, what is the issue? Because I know we have outstanding teachers and I've been in the, in the, you know, I've been part of the, in, in the classroom and, and, been able to experience the food that's produced right. <laughs> and certainly top rate. So what's the issue? And and what we learned was that our students are working on equipment that they're not going to see when mm-hmm. they go into a real commercial kitchen. Right. Uh, you know, we're still operating mm-hmm. out of, you know, our old home ec rooms. Mm-hmm. And and so that was one of the impetuses for when we were looking at for a capital levy, what what could we do to help our students? That's one of the areas that we chose. Mm-hmm. That um, our health sciences, because our health sciences are operating in classrooms that aren't lab ready, um, and they should be doing labs. You know, there's right. a lot of there's a lot of biology and chemistry and all of those kinds mm-hmm. of things, and they need to have the right learning space. And then the other one was the construction trades. And I know we have a spotlight mm-hmm. uh, where we're talking to the, our construction uh, trades teacher, but, you know, we need, we need a good quality working area for them as well. So yeah. that was our focus. And interestingly enough, those are the three areas that have the highest job um, um, needs in the entire mm-hmm. county of Clark County. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, and if people remember on the episode with with Gene on on the culinary arts, the the lack of that equipment it, it's not just a an inconvenience. Right. It's actually keeping those students from getting the jobs. Right? They're actually being looked over, being chosen over, right? But for other students who have had the experience on the equipment, right. yeah. so that, that's a that's a big problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, um, so. The reason I mentioned the HVAC class was I subbed in there last year, <laughs> one of the days that I was teaching just for one period, and they were working on electrical, you know, stuff. And actually, because I've done some of that at home, I actually knew a few things, and so I could answer a few questions. Yeah. But I thought I was thinking this probably isn't the best class to bring a sub in, right. you know, <laughs> to teach to teach electrical circuits. You, you had just <laughs> mentioned to me previously that you had had an HVAC problem here. Yeah. 
Um, and you weren't able to fix it. I don't nope. understand that. No, nope. <laughs> <You, laughs> nope. the circuit board was a problem. The guy pulls it out and he's testing all this stuff. I, I have no idea what. <laughs> Come on. Something's not working. I just know the heat's not coming yeah. on. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the thermostat is set to 68 and it's, and it's uh, what was it, 58 degrees in here. So, yeah. um, so we already talked about workplace radio. Let's talk about STEM uh, and, and the role that plays in, in the uh, – in the career technical education path, and if we had, if I had, could reach the bell, I'm re-ringing yes. the bell because you did it to yourself. Right? I did. Yeah. There yeah. we go. What is STEM? STEM. Go ahead. So you know, it stands for science, technology, engineering, and math. But what people don't know is that really about ninety-five percent of this career and technical education classes are STEM. So we have in our state, teachers have to have fifteen clock hours in STEM. To renew, um, if they have a, if they are teaching in any kind of a STEM area, and mm. all of my teachers have to get STEM clock hours because almost all of them actually have some component of science, technology, engineering, and math in their classes. So it's um, it's also high demand. It's in the United States right now. For um, a lot of the careers, have that demand for STEM type. Um, traits and abilities and things like computer programming and um, just understanding technology, of course, just that word itself encompasses so many things and so many jobs. Mm-hmm. And that is all of part of what CTE really is all about or career and technical education is all about. Uh, I've, I've heard some people add the A in there for arts to make it STEAM. Mm-hmm. Yes. That, do you, does, I just thought with the digital arts in there, that might be a part of it too. Well, I think that that's the creative aspect that mm-hmm. I'm talking about. When I was talking about students need to learn innovation and creativity, that's the creativity innovation part of it. And so that is kind of where the arts might come in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting because, you know, Cindy was talking about like back in the 90s, um, how, you know, a lot of the trades disappeared. And I, and I think mostly because that's when STEM started to become real popular. And everybody just imagined that, well, STEM, you know, it needed to have engineering in it. It needed to have computers in it. And we just, you know, we were like, okay, let's just do that then. And we quickly got rid of these other programs. And then there was the realization, well, look, if you're in a welding program, you know, of course you have all of those components as part Mm -hmm. of a welding program. You know, you're looking at, you know, engineering as part of welding. You know, Mm -hmm. what's it going to take to um, mathematics is part of welding, you know, right. they're, they're, you know, this, the, the technology obviously is a part of that. So then we, we recalibrated. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, to Cindy's point for us, because we never got rid of those programs, we just incorporated, we didn't have to recalibrate. And it was, you know, it was what made our programs really strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a quick story about that. Yeah. When I was assistant principal at Prairie, I had a student that was failing all of his classes except one. And I happened to be doing an observation in welding, and I saw the same student doing some really high-level math on the board. And I said, well, why, why, are he, why is he doing so well in this class? And he said, because I'm able to do what I'm learning, and it makes sense to mm-hmm. me. And that's really, I think, what sets our classes apart. Yeah, hands-on learning, kinesthetic mm-hmm. learning. Yeah. Let's talk about that, though, because that's, that's one, of the, one of the benefits for, for CTE is the increased graduation rate. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, national average for increase for CTE concentrators, so that students who have taken at least two full years of CTE, their graduation rate is about 94% compared to about 81% of the general population mm. that don't concentrate on CTE. Yeah, so they're, they're not only 
getting hands-on experience with something they can get a job at, but they're actually going to finish the <laughs> finish the job that they it just, started. It which just creates it creates a sense of relevancy. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, they understand. Well, okay, this is why I'm here because of this, right? Uh, versus, you know, the you know what we've always heard. Well, when am I going to use this? Right. <laughs> I mean, there th- that question is answered for them yeah. every single time they walk into that classroom. Mm-hmm. When are you going to use this? Well, here's how you're going to use right. this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now, I've uh, Shelly was talking out in the hall after after the last podcast about how trigonometry was the only math she had never never really put into practice, and I was thinking, well, it must be just my career path because there's a lot of math I never used. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I did use geometry. I I, mm-hmm. I use that when I'm doing some woodworking. Yes. But um, but I'm I'm assuming there's a lot more hands on. Uh, geometry work that goes on. We talked about that with with the uh, the construction, but just in general, mm-hmm. welding you need to use geometry at, at right. certain times. You know, right. if you're, yeah. yeah, yeah. So is that the case for for every math? If every math is hands on. There's no. It's not really focused on curriculum. It's focused on on what you're how you're using it in the in the field. Well, yes and no. I mean, they are learning. They do have some seat time in learning mm-hmm. geometry, of course, but they're also applying it to actually building. Yeah. Um, so the geometry and construction class specifically, it's a block class where they do have, they are learning the geometry concepts, mm-hmm. but they're applying it to what they're building. Right. Right. So. Yeah. So how many students do you know? How mm-hmm. many students are enrolled in your program? Sure. Right now I probably have about 5,500 headcount for career and technical education programs. So those are the students in seats. Now, some of those students are counted more than once. For example, if they go to Casey, they're taking three CT classes at one time. So there's a lot of double and triple and so on counts in in that number. Mm. Mm 5,500. In the comprehensive high schools. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's that's a big percentage. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I have about 78 teachers and 11 classified staff members that work under career and technical education in the district. Hmm. So how, I I should have asked then how many students aren't in CTE in the high school? <laughs> that feels like well I I would say that you know probably ninety five to a hundred percent of our students at some point in their career um, as a student at either Battleground or Prairie are going to take a CTE class, mm-hmm. um, and some do you know some obviously find that that's their niche and they. They go for it and follow one of those pathways and others, you know, they're just, they're fulfilling a requirement. But um, as I said before, you know, only 25% of our students are going off to uh, colleges or Mm -hmm. universities. The rest are going out into the job market. So for them, this is, this is significant and it's real. Yeah. We try to catch them when they're freshmen so that they can, uh, we have a middle school career counselor that tries to get kids connected to the career that they're interested in. We try to get them to take their first career and technical education class in their freshman year, and they may choose to go on in that, or they may switch around yeah. a little bit. But if they, you know, a lot of our, if they get two full years, it can meet a, it, it meets a, a pathway graduation requirement. They can also get college credits in many of our classes, and in all of our class pathways, they can earn an industry recognized credential. So if they have, you know, two years or more in CT, they probably also have a credential with that. Mm. That's great. Was there anything else you want to talk about or share with us before we wrap up? 
Well, uh, one thing I wanted to mention that I don't think I did is there's also leadership taught in all of our classes. There's oh. not there's national clubs associated with uh, with all the um, pathways in in our in CTE. Mm-hmm. So HOSA, FFA, FBLA, right. those are all national organizations, and students have the opportunity to be a part of that. Which again, they're learning those leadership skills right. as well. So, yeah, I was just just talking with a student yesterday, and uh, who was kind of working with groups and volunteers and that kind of thing and and i'm saying you're learning a lot about how to deal with all different kinds of people and that's going to be very important for the rest of your life if you're working if you're doing any work with people you need to know how to how people react and how people respond and and getting that hands-on training in high school is really really important right yeah yeah well thank you so much for being here thank you for having me and thanks for all you do and and keep up the great work thank you i appreciate that good seeing you david If you have a question or a topic that you'd like us to cover on the podcast, you can send an email to info at bgcast.org. We'll do our best to not only cover topics that matter to the district, but also those that matter to us as members of the Battleground community. You can also join our mailing list by going to bgcast.org, where we'll post the episodes and any additional information necessary. Until next time, I'm David Linder, and thanks for working to bring the Battleground community and schools together. The BG Cast is a production of 6-8 Media in partnership with Battleground Public Schools.